two with JT Brew. I'm your host, Justin Taylor, here on the Dynasty Pros Football Channel. Today I have with me a special guest, Lon Tay from ESPN Radio here in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, as we are going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals on today's show. Make sure to check us out here on YouTube channel, also be on Spotify and Apple. Getting ready to get everything going here in the stew. Uh, you up on trades and why you moves, you ain't designed to lose Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points Makes the game a little more fun to watch, can drop release We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard Quite obviously not a scrub, to start an institute Make evaluations like a commissioner do It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room Update your roster and pick and choose when you get some news Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics To make it to our end zones through different routes Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups I introduce you did this do with JT Brew. Hello and thanks for joining us, everyone. Tonight we are going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals. This is the second in our series about all the NFL teams where we're going to go through draft picks, sleepers, guys we like, and just kind of the schedule and what everything we're going to look for here with the Arizona Cardinals. Lon introduce yourself kind of tell everybody a little about you and why you are an Arizona Cardinals fan all right hey Justin thank you first of all for having me it's uh not often that I'm asked to talk about the Arizona Cardinals with anyone so this is pretty exciting so I do a local sports radio show here in the Champaign-Urbana area done that for 13 years got out of college and did the TV thing for 10 years and uh, broadcasting just been something that I've always enjoyed but when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals Grew up as big Cardinal baseball fans, big Blue, Blues fan, and big St. Louis Cardinal football fan. And, of course, in 88, they, 1988, they moved out to Arizona when I was a uh, senior in high school. And I thought to myself, what am I going to do next? Because if they aren't the Cardinals, who am I going to root for in the NFL? And I seriously, Justin, that worried me. I know you're a huge NFL fan. It would stink not having a great – not having a team to root for. So – I give Bidwell's not many, not much credit through the years, but I give him credit for the idea that they kept the Cardinals name. And when that happened, I decided, you know what? I'm all in on the Arizona Cardinals. To, to prove it, I went to the 2009 Super Bowl down in Tampa when uh, poor Santonio Holmes had his, what, his pinky toe in by that much. And I was at the game when the Cardinals lost that. And when Larry Fitzgerald scored with like 236, 246 to play, I just I, I sat there in silence. I didn't even cheer. I just sat there in silence thinking, are we really going to win a Super Bowl? And boy, they came close. Kurt Warner and that crew of uh, Edger and James and Larry Fitzgerald and that whole crew almost won one. So I've always just stuck with the Cardinals and, and I'm here for the long haul. I'm 52. I got nobody else to root for. Let's go. Let's go Cardinals. Let's win some games. <laughs> and I always feel bad bringing that up to you as me being a Steelers fan and all. I know. I against you. And that one is always, is always a little bit of a toughie. Cause I mean, I, I love, I was a Larry Fitzgerald guy, you know, the oh. Kurt Warner story would have been perfect. I, I, I mean, that's the whole San Antonio Holmes catch was just one of the best 
uh, you know, plays in, in Super Bowl history. But yeah, I, I did really feel for the Cardinals in that game because again, I had no hatred for them as a Steelers fan. I mean, we had never really played them in anything, right. so I, you know, so it wasn't like it was like it wasn't like we were playing the Cowboys, and I'm like, no, screw the Cowboys, you know. So I kind of felt bad for the Cardinals. So that that one was rough, and I was like, as a Cardinals fan, I was like, oh man, that's just a brutal, brutal way to lose. So I know the feeling there. You know what's funny is that nobody hates the Cardinals because there's no reason to hate us, right? You you beat us our whole life. I mean, I I've been to Lambo, I've been to Indy, I've been to Tampa, I've been to you know out to Arizona, I've been to all these Pittsburgh. I went to the Steelers. I mean, I've been to all these places, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's cute. You're a Cardinal fan." You know, <laughs> they don't they don't hate us because they they know they're going to beat us. So <laughs> everybody likes the Cardinals. Well, you know, we'll get into how we kind of think the Cardinal season's going to go here, but let's start with a positive. Let's okay. go with the positive. Let's talk about the draft. Let's talk about the NFL draft here. So starting things off, the Cardinals, you know, everybody, they were the team people are talking about. Number three pick, had Kyler Murray. Question was, do you go quarterback? Do you wait on Murray with the injury? Do you trade back and get as much as you can? They kind of got a little bit jipped by the Bears getting that number one pick early, and they kind of got stuck where I just don't think they can make a deal with anyone. The Colts just decided that they were like, we're staying pat. We don't care. So that was really the team I think they thought they were going to be able to get to sneak up one and get some extra picks, but it just didn't happen. So interesting enough, once the picks went down, we saw – Bryce Young go number one to the Carolina Panthers. Right. C.J. Stroud, who was my favorite guy entering the draft, going number two to the Texans, which I was really surprised they took him, but I thought that was a good I move agree. by them. Then all of a sudden we come back to three, and everybody's like, what is Arizona Cardinals going to do? They end up trading the pick, which is what was expected, but nobody expected who they traded the pick to. Traded to the Houston Texans, who came right back after number two, get number three, and took Will Anderson. As a Cardinals fan, what did you think about that? I, you, you hope to get as much as you can. I don't know if they got enough, but at least they only moved back three spots to six right. and picked up a couple extra picks. Yeah, and it was interesting because when they moved back, they moved back to 12, right, and then moved back up mm-hmm. to six. And, of course, knowing Kyler Murray coming into the season was going to be injured, um, I mean, there's nobody in the world that would expect the Arizona Cardinals to make the playoffs, especially with Kyler Hurd. So when that happened, I mean, I was literally – I like this Will Anderson. I think he's going to be one heck of a player in the NFL, and I think the Texans did a good job to get what they wanted on offense with Stroud, which I agree with you. I, I love that kid. And then getting Will Anderson, who could be one of those uh, guys that could really lead a defense for a lot of years. But – with, with Monty Austin Fort on his first ever try here with the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, I want to give Steve Kime a little credit as the former GM. I don't want to just dog him. I mean, he had a pretty good career in Arizona with, in terms of making deals and stuff. And But, boy, lately the drafts have just kind of dried up and, and Kime, you know, was giving all sorts of money away. And it's just there's big contracts that are going to weigh Arizona down now for a couple of years. But I loved what Monty Austin Ford did. He, he came in and he's like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to deal. I'm going to work some magic here. And the idea that he was able to move back to six and then get an offensive lineman, which who doesn't need offensive linemen, right? You as a Steelers fan understand that how important the offensive line is. That's why you guys are good every year. Almost is that you always have that. So to be able to go back to six and pick Paris Johnson up, a kid that's a left tackle by trade, and obviously with DJ Humphreys now, we've got a guy for the next couple of years that could play that. So now, you know, you can move maybe Paris Johnson to a different spot until he's ready to take over that left tackle. 
But to do that and then also grab a first-round pick of the Texans next year, I mean, that's huge. And, and let's be honest, I mean, Houston helped themselves, but you're looking at a rookie quarterback if they start him. You're looking at Will Anderson, who's a rookie on defense. That takes some time to adjust, even though it's easier on that to just get to the quarterback. But you're looking right now at the Texans not being very good next year and the Arizona Cardinals being really bad next year. You may have the one and two pick next season. And, and I mean, that got me excited because I hate to say this as a Cardinals fan. I love my birds, but there is no reason for them to win a game this season. I mean, get that number one pick. Hope that Houston doesn't win that much. And you could have two picks in the top five and turn this around and start going a different direction. So I love that that Austin Fort was able to do that. He was able to pick up an extra third rounder next year as well. So I loved what he did. I think it was an A, A-plus for him in his first draft. I, I loved it. Yeah, I was a little surprised they came back to six from 12 to get Paris Johnson. But, I I, I mean, if it's me and I've got C.J. Stroud, I want the guy that was projecting, uh, protecting C.J. Stroud all of college. And Paris Johnson was the number one guy on pretty much everyone's board anyway. Great. So I love the combo, get my left tackle and my QB right off the bat. Like you said, not only did you get a first-round pick, an extra one, you got an extra one from the worst teams in the league, which almost never happens because teams never want to trade away a first-round pick when they think they're going to be one of the five worst teams in the league. So, I, like I said, chance to get two guys next year, I really, I really like. So that was where they kind of started off the trade back from three to twelve, back up to six, get Perry Johnson. Now, a guy that a lot of people talked about as they felt like a really good value in the second round, BJ Ujolari out of LSU, the defensive end, a uh, guy that got the forty-first pick. Uh, their uh, overall 10th pick of the second round. A lot of people really liking him. Uh, you know, a lot of people had him with a first-round grade. Yes. So that that defense needs a lot of help. And so, you know, pass rushers, pass protectors, and QBs is what everybody needs right now. Well, and, you know, you look at this, and they got Myja Sanders and Cameron Thomas last year um, on that defensive end, right? You had J.J. Watt, of course, and you've been trying to kind of replace all of that. Zach Allen, I thought, was – Really good. I really wanted them to sign Zach Allen, but I think they understood that, look, it's going to be two years before we're competitive again. Let's don't spend a lot of money on a guy that uh, that's, might help us win games when we want to lose right now, which is so weird to say. But I, I like Thomas. I like Sanders. I like what those kids showed the first season. They really started to come on late in the year, which you expect rookies to do. But then to add Ojaleri, I think he is an athletic freak, right? I, I think he's a guy that even as a second round pick, I mean, you've got to have something out of that second round pick, but he's almost to me like a sleeper in, in terms of you just hope that you're going to get what you think you can get out of him. And I think down the road, when you start pairing him, I mean, the Cardinals are going to have a ton of money next year to help that defensive line because this year it's not going to be very good. But I think Ojaleri down the line could be a really good fit for this team. And I, I don't know what Isaiah Simmons is still. I still don't. And it's so weird. But I, I liked it. I mean, you know, I, obviously I'd love to have Will Anderson. Don't get me wrong. But I like the kid. I mean, he plays at LSU. He plays in big games every week in the SEC. So I like what I see out of him, and I think he can really help this team along with Thomas and, and Sanders. I think this is, a, this is a good group of one- and two-year players that you can watch develop over the next three to four years and hope that they turn into a pretty good tandem. Yeah, this is where a pick, a pick their third-round pick – I was really high on their third round pick. Uh, it just feels like it works everything with them. They got Garrett Williams, 
defensive back, cornerback out of Syracuse, a guy I watched a ton at Syracuse, uh, a guy that had end of first round talent. Uh, this was a, a you know deep, deep cornerback class. So yes. he kind of fell with the ACL injury. But I feel like it's a perfect time. You don't got to rush him back. Again, you're not trying to win a bunch of games next year. Let him take that value. Let him kind of roll down, down, you know, the draft to the third round instead of first. Let him get healthy all year next year, and then yes. hopefully, technically, he's like another first round pick next year for you. So I thought that was great because he was getting all kinds of first round looks until the ACL injury, uh, and he played really well up to that point. So I thought getting him ninth pick of the third round, their first pick of two in the third round, I thought was a, you know a really smart move for them. I agree, and and I think you're seeing. You're slowly seeing the development of Marco Wilson. I mean, he's been on an island, unfortunately, obviously not with a lot of help. And I think if you continue to develop Marco Wilson and then you can put a guy like uh, like Williams on the other side, I, I think that's big. And, I, you know, obviously you said it best with the injuries. He was hurt there in college. But, you know, Arizona's kind of that team right now where they're at, where they sit. Why not take a chance? with something like that. I mean, I think they're going to have a lot of money next year, as mentioned, to go out and maybe hit the free agency market and kind of bring in guys they need to bring in. But I think it was a perfect job, again, by Monty to just say, you know what, this kid's suffered some injuries, but we've got time. We're not going to be a Super Bowl contender for the next two years. So we've got time to let him develop. Let's see what Marco does. Obviously, I love the idea with our safeties with Thompson and Buda Baker. I love that, keeping them. But, um, but it's one of those where – you need help at cornerback. Everybody does, right? I mean, not many teams are flush with that, but the Cardinals definitely needed help with that. And I think I'm with you on this. I think as a third-round pick, as a guy that could have been early second, late first, to go out even though with the injuries, I think it's worth taking a chance on. So I loved what the Cardinals did. Again, this was a great draft for Monty, and I, I just loved it. I thought he got depth uh, at a lot of positions that we needed depth, and I thought he added a couple, two or three guys that could really help us in year two, especially. I, I, I like I like what he did. Yeah, the other third round pick that they picked up, uh, 31st in the third round, Michael Wilson, the wide receiver out of Stanford, uh, you know, a guy who was on a team that just wasn't that good. Uh, that kind of hurt his draft stock a little bit just because they, they Stanford was not a good football team last year. Uh, but a guy that now you put him on this uh, – on this Cardinals team. And you're like, this guy's got a shot to get some playing time as a rookie. He's got a shot to, to kind of work his way up the depth chart, especially with him uh, now releasing Deandre Hopkins. And he's on the move. Uh, this is a wide open wide receiver core. And I, I think that's, you just nailed it with Deandre Hopkins. I'm guessing that this management looked to the future and said, look, if we keep Deandre, that's great. But why do we keep him? I mean, the, the goal this year, I mean, I, again, I, I cringe to even keep saying it, but the goal this year is just to lose. <laughs> and a guy like DeAndre Hopkins is not going to, you know, not going to help you lose games. He's going to help you win games. So I think that was a key part for Monty to look ahead. Now, I, you know, he's not explosive, but they talk about how he runs really good routes. And I, I think that whole receiving core with Marquise Brown, you know, Hollywood Brown and crew and Rondale Moore, I know we'll probably talk about him uh, later, but, this is, a, this is a room that needs to get better in a hurry. And hopefully this kid is somebody that can, again, in year two or year three, really help this squad. I know that's what the draft is about. I know teams that are contending would love to get a first-round pick that's going to help them win immediately. But I love the way Monty looked at this and just kind of said, you know what, I want guys that in year two or year three are going to help us win games. And I think these first four picks – 
are right dead on where the Cardinals needed to go. Yeah, that fourth round, they went and got John Gaines, an offensive lineman. Like I said, yes, at that point, you want to, yeah, at that point, you just want to go any kind of the big guys you can get, see if they can kind of fill in things. So, you know, obviously taking a guy there uh, is key. And then we get on to one of my personal favorites, uh, fifth round, fourth pick of the fifth round, Clayton Toon, quarterback mm-hmm. out of Houston. Guy just put together an unbelievable college career. Uh, I know he was ranked a little bit lower. Uh, on some people's boards, I I had him as high as QB four in some of my wow. rankings in this draft class. I really liked him. I just thought he had a lot of ability. I, I we talk about this all the time. Is I I am not a Will Levis guy, and I actually thought Clayton Toon was a much better player than Will Levis. He just showed it in college left and right. And Clayton Toon, his mom liked him and retweeted me uh, my tweet <laughs> at the draft when I said QB one for the Arizona Cardinals Clayton Toon when he got drafted when I was at the draft this uh, this year in Kansas City. So let's talk about this. We're going to get into a few more of these position battles and things, but let's talk about this. Clayton Toon, should they give him a shot? Should they give him a chance to start this year with Kyler being out at minimum the first half of the season? 100% yes. 100% yes. David Blau, look, serviceable guy, right? He came in last year. He threw for 300 one, one game. He, he, he got some yards done, you know, for them. But, you know, you and I, being Central Illinois guys, we saw him at Purdue. He was a decent quarterback. He's not anything that I projected my NFL team to be relying on to win games. Colt McCoy, look, the kid has had a great career. And, you know, a couple of seasons ago when the Cardinals made the playoffs, he was big in a couple of games for Arizona, stepping in when Kyler Murray got hurt. So all due respect to, to Colt McCoy, don't get me wrong. And I'm guessing, unfortunately, they'll probably trot him out week one. But, yeah, why not give Clayton Toon a shot? Now, you watch more college football than I do, obviously, especially on a more grand uh, basis. I watch a lot of Big Ten. Obviously, I'm season ticket holder for Illinois. But I didn't see a lot of Clayton Toon. So when they drafted him, first of all, I loved his moxie. Right off the bat, I loved his moxie. He's like, look at my numbers. He's like, why am I not a first-round pick? And I love that, man. Now, listen, there's been other guys that have said that and have turned out to be nothing, let's say. But <laughs> yeah. I love I loved the moxie of him coming out saying, look at my numbers. I mean, prove to me that I, I can't be a quarterback in the NFL. So I'm excited. And, and, again, if you're a Cardinals team and you're trying to figure out what you have in the future, you know you've got Kyler Murray, right? But Colt McCoy's not in your future. David Blau's not in your future. So go out and make make Clayton Tune uh, Tuna, excuse me, Tune, make him a guy that you know you can give minutes to this season, and that you know down the road can back up a guy like Kyler Murray. I love it, and who knows? We've seen this all the time with guys like Trent Green, and and you know go down the list of guys that were well, Kurt Warner's the perfect example. I don't know that they're he's going to be that, but why not give him a shot if his moxie's like it is. The numbers he put up at Houston were amazing. Give him a chance. You never know if he turns into a guy that all of a sudden you're like, hey, you're the next Gus Barat. You know, a six-round pick that turns out to be a, a serviceable starter in the NFL. You don't know that you don't have that, so give him a chance. I mean, that would make me as a Cardinal fan want to watch games, Justin. I don't want to see mm-hmm. Colt McCoy at quarterback. I'm sorry, Colt. I want to see a guy like Clayton Toon at quarterback and see what he's got. Now, if he's bad – if he's obviously not making the progressions and all of that, then make go back to Colt and say, all right, you know, you've got time here to, 
to get developed, but why not give him a chance and hope that you, you caught fire or you caught lightning in a bottle? Yep. I, I, I agree with a hundred percent. I mean, you know, uh, Colt McCoy, you know who he is. He's, yeah, right. he's a really good backup. He is. He's a guy that if someone gets hurt, he'll come in and he will help you either win that game or keep you in a game. Yep. But that's who he is. He's in his early thirties. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's not there for Colt McCoy. He got a chance to start plenty of times. It didn't work. Again, playing a whole season with Colt McCoy at QB for the Cardinals. Does he win you two or three more games than you should have? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. That's. I just would rather see if I'm a Cardinals fan, knowing that this season's already probably likely a bust. <laughs> right. I, I, want, I want to see Clayton Tune. I want to say, like, play the guy. See if he's got anything. Yep. And you know what? If he ends up having nothing you're like okay well we just wasted a fifth round pick like we do always do on random players you know what i mean like that's what teams exactly. do all the time teams blow picks on late guys that they never no play doubt. so i'm like no doubt the guy played you know he played uh, a lot of high level i mean played at houston so again he played in, in not as tough of a conference but the guy right. put up unbelievable numbers and he did it multiple seasons so it's not like the guy started one year two year i mean guy was great at houston so to me it, it's worth at least looking at him and giving him a chance maybe you know like i said maybe he doesn't come in day one as a starter but man if you're zero and three or zero and four a couple weeks in you know do you not give him a shot see what he does um that that's my thing, and we were going to talk about this a little later. But you know, as we were going to finish up the draft here, but I'll talk about the three defensive guys, and we'll keep going with this. Um, can, can I add something real quick? Yep, jump. Yeah, it's, jump right in. It's interesting because when you say that, it, what's unique about this Cardinal season is what you just said. You're not going to be good, right? So there's 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 a handful of teams right now in the NFL. The the Chiefs, you know, go down the list. The Chiefs, the Dolphins are going to be good. We know that Buffalo is going to be good. You go down that Eagles, obviously. Those teams, you know, they know what they're going to be. So they know what they have to do. And they're not going to risk something on a rookie that, that, that they're not, you know, maybe on a defensive end or maybe an offensive lineman or something that they hope to get something out of them. And then there's that big group of teams in the middle that are fighting for playoff spots that are, or that are sitting there saying to themselves, well, I don't know that I want to play a rookie at quarterback because we've got a chance to make the playoffs. It's so unique that Arizona – and listen, we've been in this spot <laughs> – a lot of times in my life, but it's unique that they have this ability to just say, we're not going to be good. So why not just throw out and see what you've got out of all these young guys? Because what do you have to lose? Right. I mean, the best, the best thing about it is they, they're not that great. And you've got the number one pick in the uh, NFL draft next season. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll just knock out the last couple guys in the draft here. Fifth round, yes. their second fifth round pick was Owen Popo, uh, linebacker. Actually, a pretty solid pick there. I think he has a shot to actually uh, be on the two depth chart, maybe get some mm -hmm. PT here for them. Uh, sixth round, uh, Cottrell Clark, defensive back, another guy just trying to add to the mix, uh, see if he could possibly make the team. And then uh, last pick of the sixth round, 36 in, Dante Stills, a defensive tackle. So they kind of try to bolster the defense down the end. Um, you know, why we're talking about this, we were just kind of here, you know, like you said, draft grade. If you had to throw a grade at it, kind of what would you do? You know, a team trying to move down, trying to get extra picks, you always got to take that into consideration. But kind of maybe what would you be your draft grade this year for the Cardinals? I'm, I'm sorry to do this. I'm sorry to homer you, but I'm going an A- minus because, number one, you've got now Houston's number one pick next season, and you've got a chance to have two first-round picks next season. I know that shouldn't play into this draft but to me it does I mean you you went in and accomplished something 
that you know you're not going to be good and you know Houston's not going to be very good. So all of a sudden next season, you've got a chance, first of all, to shed payroll this season and then next season really jump in with two high draft picks. I like Ojolari. I, I think he's going to be a guy that can really help this out. And then I'm sorry, but if Paris Johnson turns into be a 10-year offensive lineman, especially at left tackle in this league, then I, I think I think Monty Austin Ford did exactly what he needed to do. Again, I don't mean to homer this, and I promise there's been other drafts where I would immediately tell you it's a C minus, it's a D, it's whatever. But I really like what Arizona did with the idea, again, with Kyler being hurt. And I hate that he's hurt, don't get me wrong. But that just basically tells you you're you're not going to have that good of a season. So let's adjust and let's play. Let's use that as a strength to see what we can develop in the future. So I think they did a wonderful job with this draft. I really like what they did. I think they've got at least three guys that can be starters in the future. And I mean, you hope, right? You always, you always mm-hmm. hope, you know, cross your fingers and hope that happens. But I again hate to be a homer, but I think it's an A minus for the Cardinals. I think they did a heck of a job. I actually got to agree with you. I I, could de- I definitely think you could give them an A minus B plus range here with this yep. draft. Uh, just knowing the way the history of everything going, the fact that not only did you trade for a first round pick, but a likely top five first round pick, to me that also helps out big time for next year. You know, they didn't have a ton of picks in great spots, but I like the guys they got. All the guys they got kind of made sense for them. So I'm kind of with you for a team that's not in a great spot right now overall. I actually thought this draft was pretty solid for them and at least is giving them a chance to, you know, kind of build for the future. Like you said, who who knows once those two first-round picks next year turn into, and then, you know, Paris Johnson, like you said, if he's a 10-year pro bowler, Ajilari becomes a, a, a really good defensive end. I mean, Come back and look at this draft and like, hey, this is the place where they started turning it all around. So I, I definitely agree with you on that. Now let's just let's just get into the Kyler talk here because this is just this is obviously the big thing here for the Cardinals. Everybody's let's talking about this up. off season. Is what do you do with Kyler Murray? He was obviously Cliff Kingsbury's guy. You know, he's there's been you know talk about does Kyler care about football enough? Does he? you know, work hard enough. Does he do this? Now he has the injury. Now, now, you know, it's starting to be like, Oh, is he get injured too often? Is he too small? You know, all these things are coming up after you gave him the huge contract. Is this team prepared to completely reset and try to figure out how to get rid of Kyler Murray and completely reset. If they get the number one pick next year and get Caleb Williams, or does this team say, Hey, we really do believe in Kyler. We're going to let him get fully healthy, and we're hoping that all these other picks we're making around him are going to be super solid picks that we can turn into more picks that we can kind of rebuild this whole team because we've already paid the money to him. Let's get a bunch of cheaper other guys as opposed to, you know, everybody talks about the cheap quarterback. Right. you got to have that rookie quarterback. I I could see this team going both ways. I, I, the biggest thing I've always – I hear from everyone is like, how are they going to get rid of that contract? There's no way anybody's going to trade for that contract. And, when they, and I think what it's going to come down, you could trade him. It's yeah. just you're going to have to eat some of it, and you're probably not going to get hardly anything in return. I mean, you're looking at late draft picks. I mean, the best you could maybe hope for would be a third, yeah. maybe a third and a fifth because you, of all that salary. So that's the interesting thing to me that really I want to see what plays out for the Cardinals over the next year because that, to me, is going to be a super interesting situation. I'm hyping up. I'm hyping this up way too much, but I think it's one of the top five stories of the NFL next draft season because 
I, I understand, like, it's hard. Like, I'm not a Kyler guy, and, and I hate to say that, but even the, the idea that and, – and here's a small example of what I mean. All of a sudden, you got a new regime, right? You've got Monty. You've got, you know, a, a new coach, et cetera. And it's one of those where it's like, well, now I'm going to be friends with the coaches because they came down to Oklahoma and they saw me get a statue dedicated for myself. Well, you know what, Kyler? I've watched you now for three seasons. I've watched everything about it. The idea that they had to throw it in a contract, and I don't know if that's Steve Kime. I don't know if that's Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know what they're doing there. I don't know what that accomplished. But the idea that they throw this in that, well, there's a clause in here that he has to study film so many hours a day and so many hours a week. I mean, this has been an absolute misery since he got here. Now, has he produced a lot of great moments? Yes. Has he consistently produced it? Justin, I watch a lot of Cardinals games more than anybody should watch, right? I watch every minute of every game. Can he make the spectacular play? Yes. There's no doubt about it. You've seen it a hundred times. Can he miss though a guy across the middle on an eight yard pass? that's going to get you a first down on third and six all the time. And that's the thing that worries me. Right. And, and look, you look at an NFL, you look at a guy that is now blown out a knee and what's one of his strengths running the football. So all of a sudden I'm looking at this as, as maybe that somebody that's not as smart as a GM in the NFL, but I'm sitting there saying, okay, one of Kyler Murray's strengths is the idea that he can run the football, but he just blew a knee out. So, so is that good? No, I mean, obviously, you know, with what we've got today, you can come back even stronger. We think about that with pitchers that have, you know, the, uh, the, the surgery and come back even stronger. But I don't know. I just – I've not liked what I've seen out of him. The idea that you've got guys even in year three coming out, offensive linemen coming out saying, look, Kyler's just got to grow up. I think when he does, blah, blah, blah. I just don't like it. You know, I look around the league and I see guys like Patrick Mahomes and I see Josh Allen and I see guys like that that have just immediately dominated and there's zero off the field issues. And yet with Kyler, there's there's issues all the way. And why would he be like that when you've got a guy like Cliff Kingsbury that absolutely loved him and the Cardinals had drafted a quarterback the year before and then all of a sudden said, you know what, we're getting rid of Josh Rosen. We're making you our number one guy. You would think Kyler Murray would come into that organization saying, I am 100% dedicated to you. I, here I am. Let's go. And it just seems like day one, there's been issue after issue after issue. And that doesn't even include the idea, like I said, on third and, third and six, he's overthrowing a guy eight yards down the field. So I hate it, but you're already so deep into this that if you can find somebody to take that contract and start over with the team that is still too – I think at least two years away from being competitive, why not start over if you can get a guy like Williams out of USC? So I, I don't know that that's the popular. I'm on Arizona Cardinal you know, chats all the time. I don't ever get on their chat, but I'm reading them all. There is half this fan base that loves Kyler Murray, and there's half this fan base that can't wait to see him gone. And unfortunately, I'm in the half that can't wait to see him gone. I apologize, but – if you can get Caleb Williams next year at that number one pick and somehow get something out of Kyler and, and get rid of that. The other thing I told you before we started this is the Cardinals are going to have a ton of um, salary cap next season. So I don't know how it works. I've never been, you know, financially, I'm not that great of a guy in terms of reading the cap and how it works. But I think the Cardinals could eat a lot of Kyler's contract next season, at least, to make it a little bit more, you know, of one of those where a team might look at that and say, well, 
this might be worth the chance. And we know, Justin, you know this more than I do. You follow the NFL uh, heavier than me, but it's all about quarterbacks. And, and while you know you've got something in Kyler Murray, don't get me wrong, there's going to be another team out there that's in love with Kyler Murray. And, 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 a, and a team that's this close to winning the Super Bowl, I think, I think somebody will actually take the chance and go after Kyler, and I think it'd be the best thing for the Cardinals. Yeah, if I, you can I, get Kayla Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it, it comes down to traffic. Can you get him? Yep. Is he the guy that you get? I, I agree with you on that because I think, you know, I I think Kyler is a is a good quarterback. I think he's an above average no quarterback. Doubt. Yes. Um, the issue you get in the NFL is once a team's lost trust in a guy and they don't seem like they do trust him, that just makes things so much more difficult in the locker room. It makes things so much dis- more difficult everywhere around your organization, and it just feels like this is a team that doesn't trust Kyler. Like the, the coaching staff, they, you know, they just went and I mean, it doesn't bode well when the guys that all had your back are all the guys that just got fired. So, I mean, that's that's a problem when everybody that w- was loved you and pushed hard for you, when everybody said you can't, you know, you can't draft a 200 pound quarterback, and they're like, no, he's the he's the man. We think he's awesome, and all those guys are gone. Oh. Yep. That would make me nervous. And, it, and I, if I'm a new re- regime, you know, looking at what happened the last group that put all their eggs in the counter basket, I don't know if I'm not pushing everything I can to get rid of them, well, um, and, good and, or bad. And it might right. end up blown up in your face. But it's like just, I mean, I just think I can see these guys going, hey, we got to start new. We got to get this guy out of here. We got to get a new feeling. And but you know how it is with everybody else. Just like that guy, look at the girl, but he's like, oh, I I can fix her. I'm better. Oh, oh I can do it. You know, these oh, yeah. GMs are looking. I'm like, oh, Kyler wouldn't act like that to, with me. He would do, he'd be great with me. He listened to everything our coaches say. He just doesn't like that guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there's definitely teams that would take him and be like, oh, we can, yeah. we can do better. We can, we can make it work. And so I, I, I agree with you. I, that's the one thing I've heard coaches like, I, I just don't think we could trade him. I don't think there's any way they can get rid of him, but I think there's a market. I mean, if Carson Wentz can get traded two or three times, oh. Kyler Murray can get traded a couple times. You know what I'm saying? People can give him <laughs> at least a chance. So I definitely don't think that's out the window. And like I said, like you know, like you've mentioned, the cap space, if they can eat it for a year or two while they have all these young contracts, mm-hmm. they're building the team, and they're like, hey, yeah, year three, we're not paying anything to Kyler. He's on Amen. you, and then you have that money to sign other guys. I mean, I think that's you know possibly the move to go. Uh, so yeah, that's it. the thing is, is he going to get back and is he going to push to play? If he gets back in the season, is he going to push to not play? Going, hey, at this point, screw it, this team's terrible, trade me. Um, that's going to be something for the Cardinals that I think is going to come up up this year. Is what's going to happen? Is Kyler healthy? Is he not healthy? Does he want to play? Does he? You know, if you're one and seven, one and eight mid year now they sit now he gets cleared by the by the medical staff are you like okay like we're just (laughs) we're just hurting ourselves if we play him right so that's that's going to be a big question but a lot of those guys you know they got bonuses they get all kinds of stuff in their contract you know they want to play and they get out there and you don't know maybe he does say like i'm I'm gonna lamar jackson and i just don't think i'm healthy enough this year there's no reason for me to go you know, find out at least Lamar Jackson had a shot. Their team was in the playoffs. Right, I mean, right, their right. team is like completely out of it. I can, I just don't understand, you know, where you're going to go from there. So obviously, I think it's going to be a story all off season here with the Big Cardinals. Time. I think it's going to be something everybody pays attention to. Now, we'll talk a little fantasy impact here. You know, obviously, no, no Murray. 
we have some wide receivers here that are playable guys. We some guys that I like as sleepers. The yep. question is, are these guys going to tank in value with no Kyler Murray? And if it is Colt McCoy or Tune and Tune doesn't play well and McCoy doesn't play well, I, I'm seeing the values of these guys going all over the place in uh, drafts and mock drafts and startup drafts. Because, I mean, I've seen people be like, hey, Hollywood's everyone's way too low on him. When he was healthy last year, his stats were great. Sure. You got to take him. You got to jump on him now because he's cheaper than he was two years ago. But you're like, if, 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 if Colt McCoy starts all season, and he actually has some solid numbers with Colt McCoy, so don't get me wrong there. But he it's did, like, is, is that a guy you, you're like, okay, I want to make that guy my number one or number two wide out on my fancy team if I got if I know Colt McCoy's thrown to him all year so that one makes it tough and then on top of that a guy that I I have a ton of friends that are big Rondell Moore guys they they are just waiting for the Rondell Moore breakout they're like they just they can't help it they're keeping them they won't trade them they won't drop them they're like it's gonna happen it's gonna happen so I know people were thinking that this was the year and now I was like uh is this really the year you know (laughs) Is Rondell really in trouble now? So that's another guy who I would have liked coming into the year with no, especially with no DeAndre Hopkins. You think no he's doubt. their number two guy? Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I don't know what to do with him. Are you taking either one of those guys in, in a fantasy draft? I don't think so. I mean, I, right? I mean, look, listen. I, I, maybe I downplayed myself a little bit with my idea that I don't like check into the NFL as much as you, but I know when it comes to fantasy, I'm not even close to someone like you. So I'm definitely going to lean on you for an answer like this. Can I go backwards real quick and then to go yeah. forward? Gannon, you know, the head coach, for those that are sitting there, if you're a Cardinal fan and you're like, well, Gannon from day one has really shown his love for Kyler Murray. He did that with DeAndre Hopkins too and see what happened, right? That's all I'm going to say about that. So, don't don't fall into the trap of wow he really I really feel like they like Kyler Murray and I don't think they want him going anywhere. I wouldn't fall into that trap. Now fast forward to the fantasy. If Rondale Moore could stay healthy, my goodness, that kid. We watched him again, you know, at Purdue, obviously against Illinois, and th- he is so talented. It's just can you stay healthy? I think this is a, a big year for Marquise Brown. He's in the final year of that rookie contract, but the bad news is he's got Colton. He's got Colt McCoy throwing to him or maybe Clayton Tune. And I feel bad for him a little bit. But let me go back one more step when it comes to playing Kyler. You had mentioned that. You know, Kyler has shown to me when it comes to this attitude thing, right? That that is a big thing to me. When it comes to this, when things go wrong. Kyler immediately pouts, right? He's the guy on the side. He and DeAndre Hopkins got into more shouting matches than anybody, right? And Hopkins will tell you that. He's like, look, that was out of respect for my guy, right? I was trying to get him better, et cetera. I love Kyler, et cetera. But you would see Kyler pout. Would you throw Kyler Murray into a game when you're one and eight? I mean, he's not going to be happy about that, right? So so to me, it's a no-brainer that, you know what, Kyler – Maybe near the end of the season, we throw you in and let you get a little bit better. Unless he surprises the heck out of us and he's ready for opening day, I, which would shock the heck out of me. Um, and I would give him a lot of credit if he was, because that means he really worked, went to work on that. Now, to the fantasy part, that's the thing that scares me. And you know this better than I do. When I go in a fantasy draft and I look at wide receivers, there are a list of maybe eight to ten that are no-brainers. You know, they are the ones that – 
this guy's going to catch this many passes, blah, blah, blah. I, I don't care who's throwing to him. That guy's going to have a great year. But then you get to the next level and you're like, okay, who's his quarterback? And, and that's the thing to me when I try to do an NFL fantasy draft. And listen, I'm not perfect at it, obviously. But when I get to a draft and I'm going for either my second wide receiver or down the line, even a third guy, I'm looking at that going, okay, who's throwing to this guy? Well, I'd rather have a questionable number two guy or three guy with, that Josh Allen's throwing to than a questionable two or three, which I would put Rondale Moore at, that Clayton Toon's throwing to. Now, maybe Clayton Toon turns out to be the best quarterback ever, and I'd, I'd be, I'll meet you back here. I'll meet you back at your brewery, and we'll have some fun with that. But it's one of those where it's like, I don't know that I would tr- – I mean, I think you have to look at all sides of that, as you know. So I hate to say this, but I don't think I'd be high on Marquise Brown, even though he's in a contract year and needs to prove himself. And even though he's the number one guy, I don't know that I'd be happy – or that big on Rondale Moore just because I can't – until he shows me he's healthy for a year, I can't trust him. The one guy I do like is Greg Dorch. I mean, you could get him late, 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 right, in drafts. And all he's done since he's been with the Cardinals is go out and catch a lot of passes. He's a little – I mean, he's basically Rondale Moore, and he's taking advantage of Moore being hurt. But Greg Dorch is one heck of a receiver. I think he's a kid that one day will be either on a Cardinal team that's good or another team that sees his ability and can really utilize him. Maybe that's my hot take of the day. I think Dorch is a kid that one day – three or four years down the road is going to help a team win a Super Bowl. And you're going to be like, where did Greg Dorch come from? Well, he was with the Cardinals for three or four years. So I really like, in terms of the receivers and fantasy, I hate to do it, but I just would stay away. Yeah, I agree with that. I'm I'm kind of out on these guys. I think you're right. Dorch is a guy that if I'm going waiting late and he's just sitting there late, late in my draft, I think he's worth a, a flyer on. I absolutely do. I think that, and the one guy I'm probably gonna have on more teams than not is James Conner, and that's only yes. because he's falling so deep in these drafts. Because everyone's like, "Well, they're gonna get crushed. They're gonna be throwing the ball. They're gonna be behind all the time." But James Conner is fairly efficient, and if he gets some of these guys are gonna drop the ball off to him out of the backfield, and all of a sudden you, you're getting James Conner with six, seven, eight catches a game because they're like they don't know who else to throw to. I, I kind of like James Conner. Again, I wouldn't be taking him high in my draft, but if he's one of those right. guys that's that's dropping because he's a veteran on a bad team, I, I you could do worse than having him as a flex play or a, you know an outside RB two because um, he has been you know injury concerns in his career, but he has been fairly healthy the last couple of years only missed a game or two a season so he's probably my buy on the cardinals if you get him yes. at the right price i the cr- like I, I like this as much as i like the jt brew app i'm not gonna lie to you i mean i think james connor it was funny when you had when you had asked me to come on and do this i said well i know the one guy i'm gonna i'm really gonna target there's another there's a tight end that i kind of like but there's a, there's one guy i'm gonna target on this team that i think is gonna get you points and that's James Conner because yes are they going to be behind a lot yes are they going to be able to throw a lot yes but I think the Cardinals understand that if we're going to be in games we've got to use the running game and who, who else you going to go with Keontae Ingram I mean he, he showed yeah. a little bit of a flash last year I understand but you know you're going with him you go with Corey Clement I mean I, it's James Conner until James Conner wants out of a game and I think how yeah. many times and you know this again when it comes to fantasy you're 10 times 100 times better than me. 
there are so many split backfields now in the NFL that it's hard. I mean, if you if you're lucky enough to get one of those five, six, seven, eight running backs that maybe is going to get the big share, James Conner's going to get that. As and, and and like you said, he stayed healthy. Now, could he get hurt week two and then we look like idiots? Sure. And is there a little bit of Steeler bias here with uh, with Justin Taylor? Heck yeah. No, I'm kidding. But listen, he's he's going to be he's a power running back. He's going to. You know, if, if you're the Cardinals trying to win a game this year, what are you doing? You're trying to eat clock, right? And I know this sounds mm-hmm. like a college thing. Hell, this sounds like a high school thing I'm talking about. And, it, you know, it's, you're not going to eat clock in the NFL and win a game very often. But why wouldn't you give him the ball in first and second, hope he can go for three, three and a half yards each time and set up a short third down to where you can pick up a first down because you're going to have a quarterback that is not going to just sit there and roll around like Kyler can. I think you are dead on with James Conner. I think he's a guy that, you know, maybe not your first pick at running back, but if, if you like your first pick at running back and you've got a solid wide receiver and you like your tight end, which is an important part of the NFL, why not go James Conner as your second back? He's, he's going to get you 20, 25 carries a game and, and rack up 70 to 100, I think. I think mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy the Cardinals lean on. Zach Ertz is hurt. You know, don't forget that. I don't know that he's going to be ready for week one. You don't have a quarterback. I don't think that's really going to be that impressive in terms of getting Marquise, you know, Hollywood and, and Rondale the ball. Why not go James Conner? Somebody's got to move the ball for the Cardinals, and I think Conner's perfect. I think you nailed that. Yeah, let's talk about, you know, a guy that me and you both like a ton is uh, second-year tight end Trey McBride out of yes. Colorado State, a guy who who didn't get a lot of play last year. And let's be honest, most teams uh, we, we talk about is, you know, typically there's a three-year window for tight ends to kind of really, before they hit in the NFL, um, he's going to have every opportunity this year with Zach Ertz still recovering from that late, late injury he had. Redraft, I'm taking him as a late flyer as my second tight end. But if I'm in a dynasty league or a startup right now, I'm looking at Trey McBride because he is, you know, he's down a little bit. People are on Greg Dolch because he played a little bit more. They've got some of these other uh, rookie tight ends last year played a little bit more. He did. Everybody really liked this rookie class. I'm seeing McBride kind of fall way behind a lot of those guys. And I like McBride as much, if not more than every one of those guys. And so right now is the, buy season for Trey McBride. There's a Big lot time. of leagues where you could probably get him cheap. You could trade for him because somebody else went and got a rookie tight end they're all excited about and you can maybe get McBride from someone. So he's definitely a guy that I'm targeting if I'm in any kind of startup league where I'm like going, hey, I'm going to take two young tight ends because I, I missed out on Kelsey. I missed out on Andrews, yep. whatever. Yep. I yep. want to take some young tight ends. I'm taking a shot on like, you know, Pat Fryermuth from the Steelers. I'm taking a shot on like Jelani Woods from the Colts, McBride. I'm taking a couple of these younger guys and say, hey, let me stack them together and see if I'm a hit. But I like McBride's a guy. I, I just think, you know, he's got that upside. If you get these kind of like a little bit with Connor, if these guys are getting just rushed like crazy and they can't yes. get rid of the ball, I mean, I can see McBride just dump off, dump off, dump off all day long and him actually having a good year, especially because, again, he's got to play early. Their, Ertz is not going to be ready at the start of the year. No. Man, people get, I mean, Ertz is like in his early to mid-30s now, so it's not like he's a 24-year-old guy coming off a major <laughs> injury. I mean, he's a he's a little bit older of a player. So I just think, you know, I think McBride's a guy, you know, in an offense I don't like, like we just talked about it, I don't really like anybody on this offense offense other than Connor, but McBride would be the other guy that I'd be looking to acquire if I can, just because I think the cost is right right now. He just, people don't like the Cardinals. They think the offense is going to be bad. 
he's kind of getting overshadowed by a bunch of other young guys. I, he, he's just so much cheaper to get this year than he was last year. I don't know what else I would add to that. I mean, you just <laughs> nailed that. And, and really the point that I was going to add until you nailed it is the idea that how many times are the Cardinals quarterbacks like Colt McCoy and or if you go with Clayton Toon, you know, the rookie, how many times are they just going to be like, who's open? And, and Trey McBride is athletic enough to get open. He can beat mm-hmm. a linebacker to a spot, right? I, and, and Zach, I love Zach Ertz. Right? When the Cardinals mm-hmm. traded for him, I was all in for that. I've always respected him. And I think he's a great locker room guy. He's a great guy. I think he's working his tail off to get back. And I think he will get back for this team. But I think the Cardinals are going to utilize two tight ends, even if he's back. I, I, I think I agree. this is great. And, you know, Trey McBride wasn't even – he was a second-round draft pick which shocked some people, and then he wasn't even on the active list week one. And you're sitting there going, what are we doing? You know, here come the Cardinals doing an idiot thing. And then by the end of the year, and of course, don't get me wrong, he was forced into it with Ertz being injured. But by the end of the season, he was looked at as a guy that was a pretty potent target for Kyler Murray and this team and Colt McCoy, et cetera, down the stretch. So I look at it like this. He kind of came in as a second round pick and the Cardinals, whether they want wanted to or not, basically said, you're not good enough week one. And you're not even on the active roster week one. You need to work harder. And I think Trey McBride said, you know what? I'm going to work harder. He put up great numbers in Colorado state. And I, I just, he's an athletic dude. And by the end of the year, not only was he running the right routes, but he was also catching some tough, some tough passes, right? Making some great catches. So I'm with you a hundred percent. Is he your elite number one tight end? No. Is he your number two in terms of you taking him in the third or fourth round? Maybe not because of the offense, because of the team in general. But I think Trey McBride is a guy that is going to put up some numbers. And like you said, not a league I've never done. I've never done a buy league, right? I've never done all that. But if you're in a league like that, you're going to get him pretty cheap. And I think it's perfect. You nailed that with Trey McBride. Listen to that. We're, we're excited about James Conner and Trey McBride. Absolutely, the two the two guys you want if you're uh, if you're getting a Cardinals guy this year. Now, here's another thing that uh, we'll we'll go over briefly. Here is the defense. Yes, they, it, they went. It looked like they were really trying to build this defense the last couple of years, and it looked like they had a lot of pieces, and they just never could put it together. I mean, you got Zayvon Collins, who I like at linebacker. He yep. seemed kind of out of place, but he yep. actually played a little bit better last year. Uh, Buddha Baker is now like I want out. Stud. This is this this place is terrible. Like we're gonna tank, so I want out there. I like, you know, I like Isaiah Simmons a bunch, and they have no idea what they're doing with him. And I thought when they drafted him, they had like some kind of game plan. Like, hey, this guy's like kind of a smaller outside linebacker. He's kind of a strong safety. Yep. Like he can play all over the place. I thought they'd use him more like a Troy Polamalu yep. style. Like have him just like running all the field, blitzing half the time, <laughs> dropping into coverage half the time. And it's like they just couldn't figure out how they wanted to use him. They originally tried to make him a straight linebacker yep. and didn't have a ton of success that. No. Then last year they kind of moved him back to safety. Now this year they've got him listed as nickelback in their lineup here. So he's going to play the nickel, which makes him one of the biggest nickel corners in the entire oh, league. Now, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So again, if they're going to use him in kind of a, a you know a hybrid position, I can understand that. But this is another guy. Like his fifth year options coming up. You know they're going to have to sign him or do something. Him. 
right? Yeah, they they, so they didn't offer him the fifth year. That, that's what I'm right. saying. So now if I'm looking at them and I'm like, we didn't offer the fifth year Isaiah Simmons, do we trade him? Do you go out and, and just trade him this year and be like, hey, can we get a third for him? Because we're going to end up not re-signing him anyway because we don't want to give him a big contract. And that's what I think you're – if you're the Cardinals, this is where you need to be evaluate everything. Do we trade Buda, trade Buda Baker? Do we take – Yes. You know, Isaiah Simmons, and we trade him for a third or an early fourth. And again, you're probably not going to get the return you want. But hey, stack up three or four third round picks, stack up a couple late second, early fourth round picks. I, at this point, you're not going to be good. I, no. unless, I mean, unless just <laughs> Clayton, too, everything in the world turns upside down. I just don't understand how this team's going to be good. <laughs> but but it just they they just they have a ton of holes, so it's like, hey, just keep getting younger guys, and if you can get that young base, like you said, they're going to have a ton of cap room. Where if they can figure out the QB situation, they get under. Now you go out and you sign or trade like they did before when they traded Houston for DeAndre Hopkins. Now you can yep. go out and get one of those other guys yep. from somebody else. But just sitting on these guys like an Isaiah Simmons that isn't working out, you decided, okay, we're not paying him that. Uh, you're just going to let them walk. I, I, I would just, I would look to see if I could move into a team that has a system that fits better for him and see if you get anything from him. And I guess that's me. If I, I feel yeah. like I'm a fantasy owner that's bottoming out and I'm like, sell, sell, sell. Well, you, what do you give me? What do you give me? I'll Amen. take it. It may be not be as much as I want, but at this point I got to do something. I got to make some yep. moves. I feel like that's where the Cardinals got to be at right now. I'm at this point. If I'm a Cardinals fan and you've got so much to do, Look and see what your strength is. What is the strength of your team that you think could still be a strength in three or four years? It's safety. It's Buda Baker and it's Jalen Thompson. I'm giving every amount of money I have to Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson to stay on this team. I've loved Jalen since he came in this league. Buda Baker is the leader of this team. And Mm -hmm. that was the importance of keeping him. So I get what you're saying in terms of if you can get rid of Buda and get a third-round pick. I don't want that. I want Buda Baker to be a Cardinal for life. I truly do because I think – He's the kind of guy that can help you transition from being bad to being good. And everybody on this team respects this kid. He, he you know, he looks like he's 130 pounds and he plays like he's 240. I mean, I, I just, I love Buda Baker. Now, to Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons, those are two picks of Steve Kime that were linebacker picks two years in a row, I think. And the Cardinal fans are like, I mean, to this day, Justin, I don't know that you read Cardinal stuff like I do, but they're like, Hey, I wonder, you know, like last year, I wonder what time, what linebacker Kime's going to take in the first round. You know, they were basically dogging him like, here's the deal. I'm I'm 100% with you on Isaiah Simmons, and I don't blame the Cardinals on that. He was a no-brainer coming out of college. The kid was, I mean, he, to this day, is incredibly, I mean, just incredibly talented and, and a physical freak. But what can he do? Where do you fit him? And if you're the Cardinals, I think this year, maybe maybe with a fresh new look at him, maybe going to a 4-3, a base 4-3 defense, maybe maybe this is going to help him settle into a role. Maybe I think I just put him at a spot and just say, this is your spot for 16 games, and let's see how you do. And I'll be honest with you, on a team that, you know, I, I like Maja Sanders, I like Cameron Thomas, I like Ojalary, don't get me wrong, but what's the thing that Isaiah Simmons is? He's a freak athletic Put him on an end and give him one job. Your job is to rush the passer from the end. Quit playing him at safety. Quit acting like he can stop a running back. He's, he's too – he just can't. He gets burned by tight ends all the time. If you're a fantasy guy and you're wondering if you should play a tight end against the Cardinals, yes. 
because Isaiah Simmons is guarding or is covering that guy, and he's going to give up yardage left and right. And that's, I mean, I think you can look at any any magazine. You can listen to you, the stew with JT Bruin. You're going to tell them, here's what's going to happen. Isaiah's going to give this up. So I would just put Isaiah Simmons on one end or the other and just say rush the passer, try to get good at it, try to get as good as you can and go from there. So bring it down to a close here. Let's talk quickly about schedule. Obviously, we've talked this whole time about how we think they're <laughs> going to be bad. Now the question is, how bad do you really think this Arizona Cardinals team is going to be? I'm looking through the schedule, and I just I, – I mean, I'm fighting. Fighting to find <laughs> wins on this schedule. I really am. I think I when we did our my show earlier when we talked about over-under wins, I think Vegas had them somewhere around four and a half. I felt like that was too high. I really think they're going to really hurt to get to four wins. I think, I, I to me, honestly, I see this team winning two games, two or three games, and it's going to be like just random luck because nothing works out well for them. Their home games are against really good teams. All their uh, road games that they could be winnable games, you know, you're talking about, they're not great winnable games. I mean, no. you got the Giants week two at home. Well, you know, Giants in the past have not done well going to the West Coast, but like you still don't feel like you can win that game. You're at Washington week one. That would yep. usually be maybe a game you could win, but I actually think commanders are going to be better. I do too. You get the Bengals. That's a loss. Baltimore. That's a loss. Steelers. That's a loss. Browns. Ah! That's a loss. So, I mean, you're losing the AFC North. That's, I mean, that's yeah. clear. And then the only other team, I mean, San Francisco is going to work. you. You know that's happening. Oh. They're probably not beating the Seahawks. They no. they somehow have the Eagles in there. You know, they're, it's like they're not going to beat the Eagles. They're not. You know, they're, they they've got the NFC East. The NFC East tough. They're probably losing every NFC East game. So yeah. then it comes down to you're like, okay, well, what games can we win? Texans. Houston. They're at and they're at Houston. They don't even get at home. <laughs> so you're at Houston. In the week before that, you're at home against Atlanta, who's an up-and-coming team. So that's a game you should probably be in. But a lot of people are picking Atlanta to win that division. And then how good's L.A. going to be? I think I think they can beat Houston and split L.A. Like, literally, that's where I'm at. I think they win two games. I really think this team wins two games. Especially if Tyler's healthy and in there, I could see him pulling out some magic and yeah. getting in some shootouts with like Seattle and maybe winning a game at you know against Seattle if they're healthy. But without a without Kyle Murray, I think this team to me is a two three win team max. And, and it, unless somebody else just blows up and they have some crazy game where their defense scores three times and right. you know something crazy happens, but it, it just it feels like this they they feel like a bottom three team in the league to me and. That's why I'm saying sell, sell, sell. You're a bottom three team, even if you're playing your hardest. Like, I mean, where do you got them? I know as a fan, it's hard for me on my team to really be like, oh, I think they're going to be terrible. Even, you know, like know. the Colts this year, everybody's like, oh, Colts are going to be terrible. And I'm like, right. I think they can win nine or ten. And people think I'm a lunatic. They're like, no way. But I'm, but again, I'm also looking at their thing, and I'm like, man, their schedule's really easy, though. I was like, I could see them sneaking out some wins. I don't even see some sneak out wins here. And when – the game I think is your most winnable game is on the road at the other team that I think is the, the worst team in the league. <laughs> that's, that's a problem. So I just, can we uh, tie? <laughs> just to help. You, you know what I might tie. end up doing? I, I just actually thought about this for my, uh, my JT parlay 
uh, play of the day segment. I might have to end up getting on there and posting a team going 0 16 or 0 17, actually, with the uh, end of game. I might have to throw a little money down on somebody goes 0 17 <laughs> this year because there's there's a, there's a handful of teams that are going to be really bad yeah. and they just don't play each other enough to win enough games. But I, I just think I think this team is bottom three at best in the league. It is amazing, first of all, that we've talked for an hour on the Arizona Cardinals. I, I, I'm just absolutely shocked that this has happened. But, no, listen, I, I'm with you on this. I mean, you start the first three weeks against the NFC East, and, you know, two years ago the NFC East was an absolute joke, right? We made fun of that that league and or that division, and it's like good luck to a team that wins eight games going to make the playoffs or nine games. And now you look at that, that, that East, and it's like that's pretty – I mean, obviously Philadelphia is unbelievable. Dallas has gotten better. Washington's gotten better. And, of course, the Giants, like you said, coming to Arizona, I think they're going to ground us to, into the into the ground on that one. But, yeah, I mean, this is a terrible team. And, and, and the schedule, I think, is the 13th toughest in the NFL. So that doesn't help to have that anyway. And, you know, obviously you're not beating the Bengals. You're not beating some of these teams, the Eagles, et cetera. So, I mean, this is a horrible team, Justin. <laughs> It's just not going to be a good season. And the weird part about this is, like I told my son, who unfortunately is a Cardinals fan himself, I'm like, the weird part is that for the first time in a long time, I'm going to poll for the Cardinals to lose every weekend and the Houston Texans. And but yeah, does that hurt? Yeah, that hurts me to say that. But I also understand what's on the other side of that rainbow, and that's the first pick in the NFL draft and maybe a second pick with the Texans. Now, the one thing I will tell you, especially if we're wrapping this up, the one game that I am going to pull for the Cardinals, and we are going to get it done, is we're going to whip the Steelers' ass. And, and I'm, I'm banking it right now. You're hearing it right now in the stew with JT Brew. Bet it all. Bet big money that week. The Cardinals whip the Steelers' butt. Let's go. <laughs> the funny thing is, that would be a classic Steelers it loss. It would be a classic Steelers loss. They love to do that where they just, they're in the mix. They're like one game out of the playoffs or probably like a half game. They're getting ready to go into the bye week and they're like, right. you know, like doing like, oh, we're ready. They go at Arizona in the first week of December and just fall apart and lose that game. I mean, hey, I'm telling you, I've been looking through the schedule. I'm like, what game is, what game am I going to get where I'm just going to lose my mind this year? And that would that would be the one. That would be the one where the Cardinals just you know just somehow miraculously Clayton Toon starts, and yes. then I'm torn because I'm like, oh, I want Clayton Toon to do well because he's my guy. I've been talking about all year, and Clayton Toon throws for three thirty and four <laughs> touchdowns, and I'm like, I'm yeah. like damn it. <laughs> You know, as you know, my son lives out in Arizona. I, I'm making, I'm banking it right now. I'm making that trip to Arizona. We're going to Glendale. I'm going to be at that game because there's no, there's a no lose situation. If we lose to the Steelers, whatever, that's better for our draft pick. But if we beat you guys, it's my redemption for 2009 Super Bowl, baby. I'm gonna, I'm gonna strip naked and run around Glendale. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. Believe me, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Oh, that I I can't even I I already have oh, to prepare myself for the text. But no, what you're talking. What we were talking about. It reminds me of the year that you know Peyton Manning was hurt in the Colts, and I went to every game and I rooted against the Colts. And people are like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm thinking long term, baby. I want yes. Andrew Luck. I yep. want Andrew Luck. Yep. I'm going to take the Curtis Painter losses. Do not win games, Curtis Painter. Curtis Painter. I forgot about that. Almost still one of the worst, almost worst days of my life. Last game of the season, 
he put together a fourth quarter drive with like two minutes left, an 80 yard drive. Uh, they got down to the 10 yard line and went for it. And luckily threw an incomplete pass in the back of the end zone on fourth down, or they would have beat the Carolina Panthers and not got the number one pick. I mean, I was screaming in the stands. No, it's like, what are you doing? It, it, it was insane. It was insane. But luckily, luckily, I, I can tell that story without crying because it didn't happen. Right. I mean, if I did, I probably wouldn't even be able to talk about it. You know, I'd have to go to therapy. But it's like, oh, so bad. But I, I know how you feel. At least, <laughs> see, the thing is, at least if you know you're out of it and you're going for the number one pick, to me, I'm like, okay, I can root for that all year. Yeah. I can root for us to make moves, to get worse, or to get players that are on, on good contracts. Yep. And then I feel like we go in somewhere. The worst is to be in that middle ground where you're like, we're bad and we have no plan, and what are we going to do? At That's least right. at least they have a QB in Kyler. Now, is he yeah. a future or not? At least they got somebody. So at least if I'm – you know, you got new people. For Cardinals fans out there, I just hope for you that the new regime has some kind of plan in place and puts it together and it works for you. I'm going to try to trust him, right? And I do want to – I'll end it with this. I know I was dogging Kyler Murray, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Kyler is one heck of a quarterback. There's a lot of NFL teams that would love to have Kyler Murray. So if, if it ends up that the Cardinals, you know, are, are making him the future, then I'm going to back him. Right, I'm going to get behind him, and 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 you could have a worse quarterback in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. You could have a worse quarterback than than Kyler Murray. It's just what I've seen so far. It just is frustrating to me. And yeah, I I hope we have the same success that that the Colts did in terms of getting Andrew Luck. But then I hope Caleb Williams, if we end up getting him, doesn't leave after four years because he's the most brilliant guy in the world, and he wants to go like architect himself out of L.A. You know, and just build build a brand new city or something because Andrew Luck's the smartest guy that's ever come out of college football. And he finally just said, I'm too smart to be getting beat around like this. I'm done. But no, listen, I, I, I if I got to back Kyler, I'm going to back him. I'm not going to root for the Cardinals to win games this year because I want, I know what's on the other side. But starting next year, I'm going to be really, really excited about this organization going forward. And I think if you had me back on in two or three years to do this, I think we're going to be talking about a Cardinals team that is going to be a legit playoff contender. I really do. I really feel that. Well, Lon, I appreciate you coming on here and us talking Arizona Cardinals football. I mean, at least we had some stuff to talk about a team that's not going to be very good. Uh, no. Let everybody know where they can find you on the socials and everything else about you, where they can check in, uh, find the radio show, which I love to tune in every afternoon for that. Thank you, uh, you know, Let everybody know where they can find that stuff. It means a lot to me to, for you to say something like that. Uh, yeah, on Twitter, at Lante, ESPNCU, and then Stevie J, which is steviejay.com is where you can podcast, listen live to our show if you're not local here in the Champaign-Urbana area. We cover a lot of Illini. We cover a lot of Cardinals, Cubs, Blackhawks, Bears, Colts. Uh, we used to do the Rams when they were in St. Louis, but that's no longer. Um, blues, you know, all of that stuff. So, but a lot of, you know, a lot of local Big Ten stuff. So if you're out there and you're an alum of, of a Big Ten school or, you know, you're somewhere that want to hear more about Illinois, we're definitely the pro, or the uh, the radio station for you. So we do three to five every day, central time, three to five. But uh, we have a lot of fun. I, I, I hope people can tell I have a lot of fun. I, 
I'm too old now to, to watch SportsCenter a hundred times and learn everything about the second, you know, the second place goalie for the Boston Bruins. I just don't know that anymore. So, but I do know a lot about my Arizona Cardinals, my St. Louis Cardinals, my Fighting Illini, and so I think the show's pretty fun. And the next thing you know, you'll hear about Gilligan's Isle on our show. So, you know, you just never know, you know, you never know what you're going to hear on our show, but I appreciate it, Justin. I mean, to have you have me on like this, talk about Arizona Cardinals for an hour is, I mean, this is like, this is the best thing I could ever do. This is, this has been heaven and I respect you a hundred percent in terms of doing this. I'm excited for you. I know you're going to be on our show this Friday, so I'm excited about that, but thank you again. Thank you again for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, absolutely, you guys. Check that out. I, I check in on all kind of the radio apps that you can get on your phone. I jump on those and listen to the show. If I'm not in my car, if I'm in my car, I put it on the radio. But if I'm at home working on stuff around the house, I just pop it on my phone, listen to the show live all the time. So like I said, you guys can jump in, do that. I have a ton of friends that grew up here, a ton of Illini friends that always listen to the show uh, awesome. when they're out of town. So they always tell me about that. So definitely check that out. Again, thanks, Lana, for coming on. You can find me at JT Orange on Twitter. Hit me up about just about anything on there. I talk fantasy, uh, fo- football, NFL, gambling, a little bit of everything. Uh, you can find all my articles on DFL, uh, d- daily uh, league football. Uh, you can do dynasty league football out there. We, you know, I've got all kinds of IDP stuff coming out in the next few weeks. So check me out there. And then make sure to go to our dynasty pros football page website. Site's getting updated here recently. Going to have all kinds of new content on there. And then also on our webpage, our uh, our YouTube page, where you can check out this show. We have an IDP show. We have a Debbie show that we do. Uh, I mean, quite a few other things. So go ahead, jump on there, uh, subscribe to that channel so you can get an update when we go on here. And you can jump on and hear the rest of our series as I keep uh, having special guests on to kind of go over everything in the NFL here in the offseason. So once again, I want to thank uh, Lon Tay for joining me. I'm Justin Taylor. Thanks for uh, checking us out. Uh, may all your draft picks hit and the trading <laughs> never quit. See you guys next time. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing. Racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery up.